Something that I love about college football spring games is you get to see the kind of depth that a team has. You get to see top all the way down to the bottom what the team is made of. You get to see the whole foundation, not just the outside of the house, not even just the interior. You get to see the basement in the attic. You get to see the walls, the insulation. You get to see the wholeness of a team. And for a team like Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, maybe Clemson, a few years ago, Florida State, maybe Michigan State, definitely Oklahoma, Washington in 2016 in some years, and LSU 2019, maybe even LSU this year. Who knows? They always have talent down in Louisiana. Texas two decades ago maybe again this year, for these teams that recruit at a high level, play at a high level, develop at a high level. Ohio State is cream of the crop there, by the way. Top four program for sure. Some would argue higher than that. Their depth is almost unmatched in the nation at every position, almost every position. The highlight of the spring game was not the wide receiver room, It was the defense and the defensive line, and we'll get to that. The defense looked amazing. But to showcase the depth that this team has, look at their wide receiver room. From the ceiling, from the roof where you watch the sunset, all the way down to the dirty, wet basement, is limitless talent. Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, and Emeka Egbuka are your starting wide receivers this coming fall. I think that Jaden Ballard will overtake Julian Fleming, but let's just say entering the fall that Fleming, Egbuka, Harrison Jr. will be your starting three. Jaden Ballard and Xavier Johnson getting a significant amount of playing time. You got Carnell Tate and you got Noah Rogers, guys that got playing time in the Scarlet versus Gray spring game. You also have Kion Grays, Jelani Thurman. You got Kojo Antwi. You have players. You have highly touted receivers. The two and three deep, the second, third, fourth stringers for Ohio State's wide receiver room could start and be the number two, number three, maybe even number one wide receiver at most power five schools. And that's just Ohio State's wide receiver room. Julian Fleming and Emeka Igbuka did not play in the spring game. Marvin Harrison Jr. did, but as we see, the highlight of the spring game was, in fact, Noah Rogers. Had a long of 57, 64 receiving yards, which led the team in receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr. was second in that category with three receptions for 62 yards, no touchdowns though, and then Kion Grays had 56 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown with a long of 37. Grays and Rogers both had one receiving touchdown. There was a total of 332 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns, and a total of 35 receptions, with a long of 57 by Noah Rogers, of course. 
There's a lot to like about the wide receiver room. We're not going to be talking about it much because we know that the wide receivers are elite. We know that below the elite wide receivers, there are good, great receivers. That's not a concern at all this fall unless an abomination of injuries happen. So we're going to be moving forward. The game, now we're going to be getting into the areas where there were surprises, where there are things to be paying attention to, whether good or or bad. Throughout the game, Ohio State at quarterback, at offensive line, at defensive line on defense was strange. It was different. There were different things. In, you know, in the first quarter, let's just take that for example, extremely slow, I'd actually argue porous start by Team Scarlet the offense. Nothing could click. Nothing would get going. Kyle McCord, Tristan Jebbia, but look, Jebbia came in here to really start his coaching career. He's not going to be contending for the starting position, though he is mobile enough to where maybe you want to do what Urban Meyer did with Tate Martell, maybe develop some designed runs with him in there. Why not use him instead of tiring out Kyle McCord? or Devin Brown, who are better passers. But Kyle McCord was disappointing early on. And there were some drops, but whether it was him being anxious in the pocket, whether it was him throwing high, throwing long, especially early on, did not look all that great. He just didn't. But again, J.J. McCarthy at my school in Michigan didn't look the best, though I think he looked better than McCord. Granted, he played a lot less, so there's that. But it is just a spring game. There should be no worries at quarterback, period. Amen. I guarantee you the whole quarterback battle will be sorted out by fall. McCord will probably be the starter. Though, because of his probably lackluster performance in this spring game, I don't think he's locked the job down, but I think he will. He went 18 of 34 for 184 yards and a touchdown got sacked three times. Some of that was his fault. Some of that was just great defensive line play and the fact that offensive tackle is going to be a struggle for Ohio State this year. The interior of the Ohio State O-line will be one of the best in the country. Offensive tackle will not be one of the best in the country, which is expected because when you lose two NFL caliber offensive tackles, well, that's just what happens. Tristan Jebbia, 14 of 24, 127 yards, a touchdown. He got sacked two times. Mason Maggs also got some playing time. And and Chip Tranium, Tranium, he even had a pass. One of one for seven yards. Tranium had a good game. Tranium, actually. He had two receptions for 15 yards. He had eight rushes for 110 yards, one touchdown with a long of 65, averaged 13.8 yards per carry, got to showcase his speed, showcase some of his power. He didn't get a whole lot of pushes from the offensive line, but on that long 65-yard run, the offensive line did its job, the interior, the outside, the defense. There was one gap that was missed because of good blocks by the offensive line. Trainum took that hole and Boom, took it to the house. That was really the highlight of the day for Ohio State was Trainum's long run. 
256 yards gain, 33 of them lost, most of them sacks. It's a net total of 223 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, the other one by Archie Griffin, Heisman winning running back for Ohio State. He had one carry for 25 yards. That was really fun to watch. Everything that Griffin has done for the university, both on and off the field, great guy. 4.7 yards per carry on the ground. The rushing and passing game, I think with better offensive line play, those things will get better and they will improve. It is again the spring and you have a new quarterback. The running back room is not perfect. It's not healthy yet. Mayan Williams just had four carries for 14 yards. They're not going to be working him that hard. Dallin Hayden had 12 carries for 31 yards. He also had a one-yard loss run. Mayan Williams only averaged three and a half yards per carry. Hayden only averaged two and a half. Trainum was the highlight of the day at the running back room. The offensive line, again, that's where things are going to have to be worked out. Ryan Day has stated several times that that's just going to be a process. It looks like currently Josh Fryer is going to be at right tackle, and then Zen Mikelski is going to be at left tackle. But there's certainly a battle going on there as compared to the interior of the line where Donovan Jackson, Matthew Jones, and probably Jacob James at center, that's probably locked for your starting three. Though Victor Cutler Jr., the incoming transfer, certainly could have something to say about that. But offensive line, they allowed five sacks, eight tackles for loss. That is definitely something to watch out for. The wide receiver room, that is an area where I think everywhere on the team where there could be questions, there should be no questions, not even an ounce of anxiety about the wide receiver core. That was mainly the negatives, what I was talking about, or things just to look out for, because I don't think quarterbacks are negative. I think Ohio State will have one of the best quarterback rooms in the country yet again this coming season. The defense, the defense is what stood out to me. There were new faces everywhere on the field due to injuries, and there were guys on defense that, look, they got significant playing time, and they made the most of it. C.J. Hicks had a tackle for loss, six total tackles, two pass breakups. Sonny Styles was on the field. He had six total tackles and two breakups. Hero Canu had two tackles for loss for 11 yards and then one sack for 10. He also had Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, Ty Hamilton, Tyleek Williams. They all had a sack, and... Those guys, a lot of them are on the interior. Many of them are on the interior of the defensive line. Ty Hamilton and Tyleek Williams are defensive tackles. Hero Canu is also a defensive tackle. Michael Hall Jr., who I'm very high on, and many people are very high on for a variety of reasons, also a defensive tackle. Ohio State's defensive tackle room has been its deepest now than it has been in a while. The interior of that defensive line is scary. It's honestly intimidating. And then you look at defensive end, and Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolau didn't play at all, if any, from what I saw. I don't think they played any. But Tuimolau, we've seen what he's done in the Penn State game with Jack Sawyer. 
He's been pretty much a non-factor since he's been here at Ohio State, but he's being moved back to his natural position at defensive end, so I think he'll pop out a little more this coming 2023 season. It's so hard with these spring games because it's like it's like Michigan with Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards being out. Those are two of their best players are just out. And JT Tuimolau is the, one of the defenses, if not the defense's best player. We didn't see him much. But there's beauty in that because you also get to see what other guys can do. Kenyatta Jackson, for example, is a backup defensive end. Caden Curry is the backup jack player, backup defensive end on the other side. So you get to see what a team's made of. With Michigan, with, with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum being out, you got to see Benjamin Hall. And you got to see that Michigan's running back room is, in fact, even deeper than advertised. Same with the offensive line. With the offensive line having some changes and in injuries, Michigan's O-line, a lot of second stringers playing, and they looked good. And some new transfers and some backup players showed how elite their talent was on defense. And others like Amori and Walker at corner showed that Michigan has some things they need to continue to work on. For Ohio State, it's the same thing. At running back, offensive line, there are things that need to be worked on. For running back, it's just getting healthy. For offensive line, that tackle position is a lot like Michigan's corner opposite of Will Johnson. There's just not very good play there right now. But the defense, here's the thing for Ohio State's defense. Despite losing Zach Harrison, Jerron Cage, Teron Vincent up front, and losing Josh Proctor, Ronnie Hickman, Cameron Brown, and Tanner McAllister, this defense is scary. I watched the highlights of that spring game, watched how they pursued the quarterback, watched how at times they just shoved over the offensive line, how the amount of pass breakups that were in this game, some of them were inaccurate throws, but others, the players baited the receivers, they baited the quarterback, they got in there, they were physical, there were a total of 10 pass breakups, two quarterback hurries, eight tackles for loss, five sacks. It's pretty darn good, especially knowing that Ohio State is more of an offensive team, and the defense won. They won 40-31. to Jim Knowles being in year two, and him adapting his defense to what Ohio State is, instead of him trying to make Ohio State adapt to what he is. The Jack position's the perfect example of that. He tried to he tried to put Jack Sawyer and classic defensive end players and fit them into his scheme instead of adapt his scheme to what Ohio State had. He's learning. The team is learning. And the defense is going to be, I think, if there's one takeaway I could get from the spring game, it's that the offense might be slightly worse than I anticipated before the spring game, but the defense more than makes up for that. The defense with Hamilton, Williams, Canu, Hall Jr., this defensive tackle room might be one of the better defensive tackle rooms, might be the deepest one in the nation. Could be. Now Georgia definitely has to, to say something about that and with how they've developed defensive tackles. I wouldn't put Ohio State exactly ahead of Georgia by at least a mile. But they could be ahead. Michael Hall Jr. is great. Hero Canu's great. And then Ty Hamilton and Tyleek Williams are starting caliber. 
And that's not even mentioning, you know, it's secondary. Denzel Burke looked better than he did this past fall. Sonny Styles, he's in that that secondary competing for the safe for a safety spot. CJ Hicks behind Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, who were out for the spring game. They did not play, but we got to see some of CJ Stokes, which is really good. There is just depth upon depth at every position in this defense. And they lost they lost some significant guys. But you watch and there's more depth on defense than there is on the offensive line, at least at tackle. On tackle, pretty big fall off. Pretty big fall off from Paris Johnson Jr., you know, and Dewan Jones, which is expected. They're NFL caliber. The secondary loses a lot of guys. The defensive line, a lot of the guys that they lost, defensive line's rotational. Larry Johnson loves to rotate his D linemen, so that they're not as hard to replace. But secondary looked much better. Much better. And a lot of that's due to the wide receivers not being at full strength and Kyle McCord just getting adjusted to being in that starting role. But the defense has depth. I mean, there are really scary players on the Buckeyes' defense. And I would say, watch out for Michael Hall, but also watch out for Hero Canu as a redshirt freshman to get in there, and for Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton to bully a lot of Big Ten caliber offensive lines. And combine that with JT Tuimolau and Jack Sawyer, this D-line, as much of it as it's been a weakness in the past, especially for Ryan Day teams, like look at 2020, 2021, and then even look at 2022 when they faced Alito lines. It was hard for them to stop the run against Georgia and Michigan. Hard for them to pressure those two teams too. But it was an improvement from 2021. Expect 2023 to be the same thing. There's going to be a build-off compared to 2022, which in itself was a build-off from 2021. This defensive line is going to be great at roughing the, not, well, roughing the passer, yes, but Rushing the passer. You don't want to rough the passer. They're going to be great at that. They're going to be good at stopping the run. The way that they were able to manhandle Ohio State's O-line at times, able to stop Chip Trainum, stop Mayan Williams, Dallin Hayden, the way that they were able to do that, and I know that tackle's a weakness, but guard, I'd say guard's one of the better positions on the team. Ohio State's guard duo is up there nationally and they have a solid center, those are some NFL-level guards that the defensive line's facing, and they're competing with them. And they were able to shut down the run multiple times. Again, they got eight tackles for loss. And several times they were able to get to the quarterback, which is more on the tackles. But 10 passes defended. I look at this game and the spring game, and I would say on the defensive side of the ball, just looking at it, I would say the D-line was by far the most impressive position, especially the defensive tackles. D-line, that's where it was in this game. That's the position of the game, I would in fact say. And then on offense, I mean, you can't even hide it. It would be wide receivers, or if you wanted to separate all the running backs out, I would say single out Chip Trainum. It was an impressive performance by him, and that's just another weapon in Ohio State's running back rotation. Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Chip Trainum, Dallin Hayden, 
Evan Pryor. I mean, that, that's a pretty deep running back room. One of them gets injured if the other four are healthy. That probably wouldn't do much to that running back room. It's pretty crazy. And it's the same thing on the interior of that D-line. If one of them gets axed for a few games, you still got three really good interior defensive linemen, as long as the rest can stay healthy. Same, similar with defensive end. Linebacker, as long as Eichenberg and Chambers recover. Secondary, there are still some questions. I want to see them in fall games before I make a declaration that they're an NFL-level secondary, of course, as we all should. But Denzel Burke looked better. The whole defense looked better. It was more in tune, more physical, bigger, more aggressive. It just looked more like a Big Ten defense. And the offense, to a certain degree, although this isn't as much of a compliment as talking about a Big Ten defense, the offense sort of looked more like a Big Ten offense, if I'm being honest. The passing game wasn't as advanced as we're used to. Again, a lot of that has to do with injuries. But if Chip Trainum can lead the team in rushing, average over 10 yards per carry, and the offensive line is blocking well, imagine what Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson and Dallin Hayden can do, even though Hayden got the majority of the carries and only averaged two and a half yards per carry, but you get the point. I've been a proponent now for a few months that Ohio State's O-line this year, while being weaker in pass block and not being as good when it comes to running stretch and running on the outside, they're going to be darn near impossible to stop when they run through the interior of that O-line. That's what we're used to seeing from Michigan. Michigan, like, they, they love to pound it up the middle. And it was only recently that it started working with Jim Harbaugh when Sharon Moore was really able to develop that offensive line. And Hassan Haskins was developed and Blake Corum was developed. For Ohio State, I think you're going to see more of that from their run game. It's going to be even less speed and space, but they're really going to be able to pound it and control the game and settle themselves down. And they're not going to have to score quickly and be this quick-tempo team in order to win games. They're going to be able to do it. They're going to be able to win both in their quick-tempo, modern way and also win in the Big Ten way with their run game and with what I think could be one of the best interior offensive lines in the country. Offensive tackle certainly a concern, as I've mentioned for this whole video, basically. I would watch quarterback and running back as well. You never know how Henderson and Williams are going to recover from their injuries or if they'll recover from them fully. You just never know. And with quarterback, I do expect Kyle McCord to get better and start. But C.J. Stroud struggled early in 2021. That whole month of September, he was a lot worse of a player compared to what he was in October, November, December, and January. So pay attention to quarterback. And also pay attention to quarterback for the reason of Tristan Jebbia. He does have some mobility to him. And unlike C.J. Stroud, unless you count the Georgia game, he has shown a willingness to scramble. So maybe you do see some design run packages with Tristan Jebbia in there. That would not be a bad idea at all. There's no point in having Kyle McCord do design runs when Tristan Jebbia is faster and more mobile and is obviously more experienced being mobile in the pocket and more experienced with designed runs coming from Oregon State. So overall, impressive spring game. 
I think that this team is national title contender, like I do with Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. They are in that top four. The defense, this this might be the best defense overall that Ryan Day has had at Ohio State, which is saying something because the 2019 defense is pretty amazing. I'm going to have to believe it when I see it regarding the 2023 defense because I'm not going to outright predict that they're going to be better than the 2019 unit. But they'll be close. They certainly have the talent to achieve at that level or beyond. There's just there's more questions on the offense to sort of balance that out. Offensive tackle, can the running back room get healthy? Is there a big drop-off at quarterback, or is the norm resumed? These are questions that we all rightfully have that will be answered in the fall. It'll be answered in the months of September, October, and especially November when Ohio State travels up to Ann Arbor to play Michigan in the game, which after seeing these two spring games, as many of you saw from a community post of me, these two teams are destined to have a great game in the month of November, one that I'm very excited for. Thank you guys for watching my analysis of the Ohio State spring game. If you liked the video, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and comment your thoughts down below. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.